Only three things really give me nightmares. Airplanes, tight spaces, and the Big 12 through the first three weeks. This is Locked On Big 12. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Big 12. I am Drake Toll from ESPN Central Texas. Thank you for making Locked On Big 12 your first listen every single day. The last two days have been about expansion. Oregon State, Washington State, and then there is today, where I finally have to look in the mirror and come to grips with what happened this last weekend in our beloved conference. We officially have bad. It's the witching hour. And the Big 12 is in the fat middle of it. And we are down by double digits. And we sure don't have the ball. This has been, if you can dream up a, a terrible scenario for the Big 12, for the, of course, the first three weeks of college football, this is it. This is possibly the worst. Have all of the teams, almost all the teams, yes, yes, all of the teams who are supposed contenders preseason, TCU, Texas Tech, Kansas State, Baylor, have all of those contenders lose a game in the first three weeks? Check. Have Texas and Oklahoma, certainly contenders, but the ones that you don't want to win any games, be undefeated with a win against Alabama on the road? Check. And have the newcomers walking into your league and looking pretty darn good? Also check. Now, that, now that's not a problem. BYU looking good and UCF's not a problem per se, but it's certainly something optically that if you're anybody else in the country, you go, oh, the Big 12's not good. Well, yeah, you'll see. G- good luck adjusting to our conference, buddy. And then these new teams who have not been Power 5 walk in and have success immediately. Granted, we're not very far in conference play, but they've at least shown flashes of being contenders in this league. That outside of Cincinnati. Well, no, they beat Pitt of the Road. The only bad new team, well, and Houston beat UTSA, who's pretty good, although they lost to Rice and got killed by TCU. So these new teams, for the most part, have shown a lot of prowess. The, the, the old guys, the irate eight, bad, 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 really bad. Except for West Virginia, oddly enough. And Kansas has been good, too, by the way, which is just not going to help your case. When you're like, yeah, well, maybe the old teams are good. It's West Virginia and Kansas. They're solid teams, right? Like, wow. In a best-case scenario here for the Big 12, Texas Tech comes out and rules the world. Kansas State rules the world. Baylor's 3-0 and with a win against Utah. Uh, that the, These contenders who were left over, TCU beats Colorado by four scores. The things that were supposed to happen, happen, and the Big 12 is in a great spot. But now, nightmare material, the Big 12 has been bad. Bad to the point that Oklahoma State has lost to South Alabama 33-7 to at home. Not good. Texas Tech lost to Wyoming, started 0-2. Baylor started 0-2. TCU got what seemed, what seemed like an embarrassing loss at the time against Colorado in game one. We're like, oh, wow. You know, look at this Colorado team who's so terrible. Everybody's saying, oh, they're so bad. TCU is going to walk away with this. And then TCU lost. And then the worst part is that Texas and Alabama are good. Not even Alabama. Texas and Oklahoma are good. UT 
This is the best. I said it. This is the best roster they've had in five years, at least. This is one of the best rosters in America. Certainly the best roster in the conference. They always find a way to crap things. They, they crap their pants, pee down their left leg, and find a way to lose. They still can. But right now, it doesn't look like that. It doesn't look like that at all. They look like a college football playoff team, except for the first half against Wyoming. Oklahoma is playing pretty good football against teams they should beat for sure. But still, OU's offense looks dangerous. And the defense is certainly clicking, holding SMU to its lowest scoring output in a decade. And the rest of the teams that were supposed to be good, that were left over, they were making a case that they could survive and have a power three conference have all sucked. You know what happened last year? We were all excited because Kansas State played in the Big 12 championship game against TCU. Two teams who were irate eight, who got to build this conference back better. Oklahoma and Texas didn't make the conference championship. They had disappointing seasons and everybody's sitting thinking, wow, OU and Texas are leaving for the SEC and for what? And for what? Good luck over there. You can't even win in the Big 12. And now, all of these teams that have done all of this taunting, that have been so upset that Oklahoma and Texas are leaving and that they think they get to be the big dogs, they haven't even been that good. Oklahoma's sluggish after the loss of Lincoln Riley. They are under 500. Texas hasn't been good in 15 years. This conference is way better without you money or not ha 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 all of that narrative has gone to hell all of it shot to hell because the big 12 instead of ponying up and showing that this conference is an elite power three conference power two conference massey ratings having them as the top two conference has lost to south alabama wyoming to texas state that's what this league has done to miami of ohio and then to make it worse the ohio bobcats it's not even ohio state man There are so many better teams in just Ohio than those two squads. And that makes me sad. I don't know how I still have a job right now. I don't know how I still have a job. The Big 12 is is in a spot right now where the future is not in question. This conference is going to be good for years to come. We all know that. That is not going to be an issue here. I am not upset, upset about the future of the Big 12, but I am upset optically about how the Big 12 looks right now. I don't feel like with the loss of Texas and Oklahoma, it is a good thing to be as bad as the Big 12 is right now. Instead, I wanted to show this league is elite, send Texas out seven and five, send Oklahoma out seven and five, have the new guys beat up on them a little bit if they wanted to. And at the end of the day, we all look back, we smile, and we say, ah, yes, the Big 12 did it. The Big 12 is going to be A-OK. This conference is still one that we can be proud of. And I do think it is one we can be proud of. But now we're looking instead at new teams that could possibly save us. BYU and UCF. And another team that I, I'm going to call them a new team, a, a new team that could save us in Kansas because they just haven't done much over the course of the last ever. So... We're in a spot right now as the Big 12 where things have been pretty not good. For the first four weeks, things have been pretty not good. Where do we go from here? Well, hopefully Texas and Oklahoma suck. That would be really helpful for the rest of this league. And if you're a Texas and OU fan, I'm sorry. You know, it's not personal. It's just the fact that you're leaving the conference. I'm not, I can't just sit here and sing your praises all the time. I just need the Big 12 to figure it out, please. I need for the sake of my job so I don't lose my job. I need the big tell to figure it out. This has not been fun to watch. And I'm sorry I got mad, but unacceptable. There needs to be some beating of Texas and Oklahoma soon. They need to lose some games. And overall, again, it's great for BYU. It's great for UCF. 
It's good for Kansas to be good, but I need somebody from the old Big 12, from the I-Rate 8, to assert dominance in this league. And a lot of the I-Rate 8, not at the top of my power rankings, which I'm going to give you right here on Lockdown Big 12. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, it's your team. <clears throat> and it's every day. Oh, you know one thing that doesn't suck? That'd be Jace Medical. Dude, take care of yourself. You know, like have something that you can lean on here to take care of yourself. Jace Case. The Jace Case of Jace Medical provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace Case is fill out a simple online form and in some cases jump on a quick call and then boom, you got it. A board-certified physician can help you out. Get ongoing care from our physicians on any treatment-related questions. Doctor created, doctor recommended. The Jace Case is, it's can be life-saving, by the way. Receive your package so quick, and in an emergency, have a plan. Save more than $360 by getting a life-saving antibiotic with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. So right now, save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. The power rankings. Look, disappointing few weeks. Disappointing few weeks to be sure. But my power rankings reflect that the new guys are pretty darn good at this whole sport of football. As you are not surprised by, Texas and Oklahoma are right there at the very top. They deserve to be at this point. Those two teams have done what they needed to do, which has been a struggle for a lot of the I-Rate 8, a struggle for a lot of the teams that were supposed to be so good in this league. Now, not shockingly, there are some newbies also near the top of this list, namely at three after a road win against Arkansas, the BYU Cougars. And a lot of BYU fans are going, oh, no, we don't want to be so high up on the list. BYU fans not wanting to be high. Shocker. The Cougars being at three is because you just went on the on the road and won an SEC game and own the second best win in the Big 12. That's the second best win of anybody else in the Big 12. And it's BYU's strength of schedule standpoint, BYU, it's right there. They just went on the road, beat an SEC team. BYU deserves to be at three. At four, the University of Central Florida Knights without John Rice Plumley, with Timmy McLean at quarterback, UCF still went and got it done. Gus Malzahn, scary coach, man. I mean, not like a scary guy. But scary for the rest of this league because of how well he can coach. 48-14 win against Villanova. And I know what you're thinking. It was Villanova. Yeah, well, the rest of you have been crapping the bed against teams like Villanova. UCF, good on you for taking care of business. You're at number four in my power rankings. At five, not dropping that much. They lost on the road to an SEC team, something that BYU didn't do, by the way. Kansas State at five. The Wildcats. Will Howard didn't look as good as I needed him to against Missouri Felt like Kansas State had that game in hand, gave it away in the end. Uh, Stinnett has that drop. There, there are a few drops. Rusty-looking squad. Still top five. The road lost the SEC. And one of the reasons they're top five is because the rest of the league, I don't know if I could trust yet. Kansas at six. The best offense the Big 12. Defense has been much improved. Big 12-wise, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do yet. I still need to see Kansas... I need to see Kansas win some Big 12 games before I can move them into the top five in this conference. Seven TCU, and this honestly might be a little bit low because this top seven, they might be a little bit low 
Their loss to Colorado looks pretty darn good right now. TCU's one loss, Colorado, looks great. They're at my seven. It's Texas one, OU two, BYU three, UCF four, five, Kansas State, Kansas and TCU rounded out at six and seven. Now the bottom seven. Huge gap. Huge gap. Wide chasm between seven and eight right now. Not just record-wise, but also just the preseason predictions with the way these teams have played. West Virginia at eight, shockingly. They were 14th in this list earlier on. They have been spectacular compared to expectations of where they were. C.J. Donaldson, to me, and the stats won't back it up. I think he's in rushing yards. He's like five or six. But to me, he's the best or at least top three running back in the Big 12. I like C.J. Donaldson a lot. At nine, behind West Virginia, again, shocking, Texas Tech. Baron Morton, question mark, BM. Tyler Shuck, question mark. Figure it out. Figure it out. Whoever gives you a best chance to win, play them. At 10, a team that last week was much higher than this, and then they lost to Miami of Ohio. Cincinnati is the number 10 team in the Big 12 power rankings behind West Virginia and Texas Tech. At 11, and by the way, these last four, particularly bad. We could mix these around in any order that you'd like here, of bad. They are all in the not good category. Number 11, Oklahoma State. 33 to 7. 33 to 7. And then Mike Gundy says in the post-game press conference, yeah. Gets asked, how did the quarterbacks grade? And Gundy says, oh, they all graded pretty good. What? And he's going to stick with his three-quarterback system, which has worked so well early this year. Idiotic. And it's like he, at this point, is trying to play a joke so he can get fired at the end of the year. 12, Iowa State. Matt Campbell, now in the hot seat, yelled at that fan who yelled at him. Granted, the fan should not have yelled at him, but you can't yell back. Number 12 is Iowa State, just behind Oklahoma State after their also embarrassing loss on the road to Ohio. Honestly, Oklahoma State could be behind Iowa State here. Again, these last four can all kind of be mixed and matched however you'd like. Number 13, sparing themselves from being 14 where they were a couple of weeks ago. The Baylor Bears. First two weeks of the season, pretty bad. Week one, you lose to Texas State. Week two, you give away a game you are winning against Utah. Baylor at 13 this week. They are one and two. Or yeah, 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 one and two. And their only wins against Long Island because this past week they won uh, 30 to 7 slugfest. Terrible slugfest against an awful Long Island team that you should beat 55 to 7, 55 to 10. Baylor said, hold my non-alcoholic beer. I'm only going to win 30 to 7. I'm going to try to make it look bad. I'm going to try to look not good against Long Island. Not recommended. Then number 14, the only team on this list to lose to the Rice Owls. And I get it. I get it. Some of you are saying, oh, this isn't your grandma's Rice Owls. This Rice Owls team is good. Listen to us. Listen to us. It's rice, man. It is. It's flipping rice. It is a food. It's it, I, you can't lose to Rice and not expect to be high and not expect to be at 14. That is, that's where you're going to be. Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Baylor, Houston, mix and match them. But Houston at 14, I feel confident in, especially after they got drubbed by TCU. They're going to struggle to win more than three or four games, it seems, which stinks. I, yeah, nice program. Talked to their athletic director a couple weeks ago. Cool guy. Locked on Big 12's power rankings. Texas reluctantly at one, Oklahoma at two. Again, nightmare material. This is the worst. BYU at three. 
They have the second biggest win of anybody else in the conference. UCF at four. Love John Rice Plumley. Want him to get healthy, but Timmy McLean, not a bad replacement. Kansas State at five. Road loss against the SEC. I'll give you a pass for this one, I guess. Kansas at six. Plenty of room to move up there. Need to see it in Big 12 play. TCU at seven. Could go higher, actually, because Colorado, that loss is good now. West Virginia at eight. Surprised. Shockingly surprised by you. Thank you. Texas Tech at nine. If I figure out the quarterback stuff. Cincinnati at 10. Wow. Miami of Ohio. Really? Oklahoma State at 11. Figure out the quarterback situation. Fire your coach. Iowa State at 12. Figure out the gambling situation. Fire your coach. Baylor at 13. Go do the NIL thing and get the transfer portal. Maybe fire your coach. Houston at 14. I have no help for you unless you fire your coach. Coming up next, Deion Sanders, Colorado. He's the best thing to happen to college football in a long time. This Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I love puppies and old people, both of them together, and FanDuel. Those are the three things that I love. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. It's $200 in bonus bets. $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action than now. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, overs, unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com, FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel.com slash locked on. They're the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Visit FanDuel.com, money lines, props, etc. around the NFL right now. Deion Sanders and Colorado. I, I have been wholly impressed with what he's done. Obviously, I think all of America has, right? That goes without saying. But then to listen to him in post-game press conferences, blown away, blown away by the dichotomy between who Dion is pregame and who Dion is after the game. Pre-game, he's this buff, macho, you know, we're going to beat you. We have swagger. We have moxie. Post-game, all love, all respect. He's pretty clean cut. And you could be like, oh, well, he yelled at Matt Rule. Or, not yelled, but, you know, he badmouth Matt Rule or all that. No, 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 no. Dion's just playing a fair game. That, that's how Dion's playing a fair game with the press conference, post-game press conference goes live. And this is this whole spectacle, three weeks of big noon kickoff and now college game day, this whole spectacle reminds me of only one thing that we've seen in the last decade plus. And that's Johnny Manziel. Appointment television when Johnny Manziel played a football game. Deion Sanders has made Colorado appointment television. And, and I want to give you an example of some of the post-game press conference stuff. Remember the Jay Norvell thing was huge and who's in the right here, who's not. Dion just barely wins a game by the skin of his teeth. This is what he says about Jay Norvell, who he was going to exchange words with in, po- in the post-game, right? Keep the cameras on and all that. I told you, disrespect, disrespect in the pregame, chatter in the pregame, post-game, all love. Take a listen. 
Coach Richie Carney, Denver Sports. Uh, you told the world uh, on game day to keep the cameras rolling. Right. You and Jay would meet post game. Right. When Jay was asked about it earlier, he said about what maybe went on or what was said. He said you can ask Prime about that. So, yeah, well, is there anything meaningful? No. Post game. No, I, I know Shador kind of got in between it, but no, I don't. Man, I don't hold. You know, I could be petty if they petty, but I ain't. I ain't got time for that, man. I'm, I'm on to bigger things, eh? I'm happy for the brother. I really am, man. I'm happy that they fought, that they played a good game. I'm happy he's a head coach. I'm happy for any brother that's doing it and successful, man. I, I truly am. I don't I don't know where all this stuff comes from. I have to respond because, you know, it's my mama told me that. You know, you just ain't going to take me and I'm going to sit back and ain't going to say nothing. But I'm happy for that dude, man. I don't know him, but I'm happy for him. I wish the best for him. I really do. Nothing. My success ain't got nothing to do with his. So why would I want him to succeed? I, I don't know how people get down like that. My blessings ain't got nothing to do with his blessings. My success has nothing to do with his. Why wouldn't I want him to succeed? I love it. Dude, I watched that. I was like, dude, yes. Dion, this is how you rally America around you and how he has rallied America around him. Comments like these. Dude, but, but you know, we, we dig a little deeper. We pick it apart a little bit where he's like, I don't even know how this happened. I don't even know where this is coming from. Okay, well, you, you know, Dion asks for the flash and the flare pregame and then comes out and says, look, I have nothing. I have nothing but respect. I'm proud of him. And, and makes it like, it's like, it feels a lot more holistic after the game is over for the future of black head coaches in college football, for the future of college football, Dion saying, Hey, look, this is a good thing. Having Jay Norvell in the game is a good thing. And I wish the best for him and his program. And I'm glad, I'm glad they played us close. You don't hear that out of a lot of head coaches. You don't hear that kind of raw, unabridged, I am glad they played us close out of Deion Sanders. And usually when a coach says that, we'd all be throwing stuff. Like, what do you mean you're glad you they, they played you close? Go beat them. No. Deion's just straight up telling you what he thinks. And I, I, I would struggle not to appreciate that. This is the biggest show in town. When, so Johnny Manziel, right, was, was off. I mean, massive. Tim Tebow, another guy. Um, there are a few. Reggie Bush, maybe you can make a case, was just like a must-watch TV kind of guy. Vince Young. You know, there have been a few in, in the history of college football where you're like, all right, we have to, have to turn the TV on because XYZ is playing a football game. But what about coaches? Nobody's ever just like, oh, yeah, well, Nick Saban's playing today. I got to hear what he said. I got to watch Nick Saban. I mean, he maybe, and he's maybe the closest you get to what Deion Sanders is. There's like the, the Lane Kiffin, the Joey McGuire, a Mike Leach, where it's like, oh, this guy says a lot of weird, quirky stuff, and he works the media so well, and he's fun to watch. But this has gone from, oh, fun to watch, to bigger than the game itself. Deion Sanders is bigger than college football itself at this point in Colorado. And I can only hope that he's in the Big 12 for a long time to come. If you are not on the Deion Sanders train, if you think, oh, this guy's smoking mirrors, uh, what he's doing is just... He is, is blowing hot air up our skirts. He's a con artist. I think you're wrong. I think it's time to get on the Deion Sanders train and realize he's a marketing genius. You either love him or you hate him, but you're watching. It's growing Colorado. It's growing his brand. It's growing these, these players. It's helping his team. De- what Deion Sanders is doing right now at Colorado is a, it's a genius marketing scheme. It really is. And I think you have to appreciate what he's doing for the game. Because more people are watching college football now, random college football games like Colorado, Colorado State, than ever. More people are watching Colorado, Colorado State than ever because a personality like Deion Sanders is on the sideline and now in our conference. 
Hey, Texas Tech, Deion Sanders is coming to Lubbock. Hey, TCU, Deion Sanders is coming to Fort Worth. BYU, he's coming to Provo. And it's going to be nuts. It's going to be the biggest show in town. You're going to freak out when Deion Sanders gets around. And I love it. I couldn't ask for anything better. Thank you, Dion. Thank you. Love him or hate him. You watch. And to me, that earns him my respect. 100%. 100%. It does. It's the Colin Cowherd deal, man. Love him or hate him, you watch. You know, it's the the Jim Rome. Some of those guys are just like, wow, this guy's so poppy and wild. You watch him. I respect that. He brings you in. He draws you in. Dion, nicely done. Uh, this has been It Always Will Be. Come back tomorrow. We're going to do our best bets. That's right. Hope you had a good Wednesday. I love you. Say it back. Say it back. This has been It Always Will Be. Locked on. Thanks for making it your first listen every single day. Dose Grande.